to season five of One Day You'll Thank Me, a podcast for smart parents. I'm Dr. Tara Egan. And I'm Anna. I'm a mom, a therapist, a parent coach, and an author. And I'm a daughter and a kick-ass high school student. Each week, we'll discuss a different parenting topic. And we'll interview some amazing guest experts. Our goal is to provide an interesting informational resource for busy parents. While also offering the perspective of a teen. Stay tuned, everyone. Crushed it. Hello, welcome back to One Day You'll Thank Me. My name is Dr. Tara Egan. And I'm Anna. My daughter. Yes. If you haven't figured that out by now. Oh my gosh. Maybe this is the first episode they're ever listening to. And they don't know anything about the other hundred episodes. You should tune into those. So those are pretty good too. Maybe, Maybe this one will be the best one. Maybe. Let's see. Yeah. Or maybe you just jinxed it. Like the audio will go out. Yeah. Dogs will start barking. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a random thunderstorm that just shakes the whole house. Yeah. Like the neighbors will start moving. The power's going to go out. Yeah. And your computer's going to die. That could happen. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't know. It's acting weird. But I don't think that's going to be the case. No. So this episode is unique because it's like a bonus mm-hmm. episode to, to season five. Because we do 20 episodes a season, 20 new episodes. Right. So we've done our 20. And this is like a 21st, but I didn't want it, us to wait to have it till season six because I would be waiting like three weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a bonus because I really wanted this guest expert to come on this week. You're welcome. That's right. And then you could be here for it. Yes. So we didn't want to delay that. Mm-hmm. And you're in a really adorable mood. Thank you. <laughs> so should I introduce our guest? Yes. Okay. So our guest expert today is a woman named Lacey Wallace, and I'm very biased toward her because she is our newest therapist at the practice that I own, which has recently gone from a solo practice with just me as the clinician to adding two more clinicians. And Lacey is the first one officially on board. And I'll tell you a little bit about her. She's a nationally board certified counselor, and she has her bachelor's degree from James Madison University. So she majored in psychology, minored in family studies. Then she earned a master of education from Loyola University in Maryland. And there she had a concentration in school counseling. And while she was there, and I'm going to ask her about this because I don't I don't know anything about awards because I've never earned one. You earned the award for the the cutest mom. Oh, all right. I'll take it. But she earned the Reverend John E. Wise SJ Medal for Distinguished Achievement in Education. And then she also served as her Counseling Honor Society president. Whoa. I know. Like, I can't even think. I've literally never won an award. Never? I don't, I mean, I've got like an honor society, you know, how you get like the, the certificate. certificate. Yeah. But I've never like won award. Like the That's where true. Like you don't like playing sports or anything. She do not say anything about her playing sports. That's true. I don't think the but... Reverend John E. Wise is athlete. No, I know. But I was just thinking about you because if you play a sport, you're definitely going to win an award. But you don't. So. <laughs> 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 All right. Maybe somebody will give me an award today. <laughs> Pete? Would Pete give me an award? He's gotten a lot of awards. He has. For being a restaurant genius. Yeah. 
like big deal. I would like, give him an award for that quesadilla he made the other day. It was so yeah. good. Okay, you're getting distracted. Okay, you're right. Lacey has worked as an elementary counselor and in a middle school counseling department chair before becoming the school counseling specialist for Anne Arundel Public Schools. During her tenure as school counselor, she wrote counseling curriculum. She created an executive functioning toolkit. She served as a district-wide trauma planner, and she was nominated for the West County Chamber of Commerce Educator of the Year. That's amazing. I didn't even know about this when we I hired her. Those two things I'm jealous of. Two awards. Man. Yeah. She should, like, make copies of them and just, like, stick them in your dress drawer. Yeah, she should. Just to, like, rub it in. And, like, be like, here's me with the Reverend Johnny Wise. Yeah. It sounds like saying Johnny, it- like his name's like Johnny, mm-hmm. but it's John, e. middle initial E. Uh, okay. She should, like, make it your your screensaver and stuff. And just put pictures of herself, like. Yeah. It's like a celebrity holding their yeah and like nice clothes with yeah. flowers maybe yeah and then or like a ribbon I've always wanted a reward, award with a ribbon and it's like a medal that's on your chest mm-hmm. wait <gasps> didn't we do girls on the run did you didn't you do that with me you got it I didn't get it oh. I didn't care that I ran it <laughs> I mean I like used the term running loosely but well I got a girls on the run one so yeah and your brother has a ton yeah well shut up. <laughs> anyway, Lacey's here. She's going to talk to us about herself, her experience, how happy she is to be working as a therapist with Egan Counseling and Consulting, and how we're really about to open like the most kick-ass office Hell yeah. ever. Thanks, Lacey, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So do you feel bad that you've won all these awards and I haven't? No, I feel great. I'm going to bring my medal that's on a ribbon and I'll bring yeah. it in so so we can share it. You can put it in a like a, a case, like a case. And maybe it's like in the hallway, like between our two offices. <laughs> yeah. And like when people walk by, like maybe they think it's mine. <laughs> so what it, what kind of award is this? Like, what did you have to do to get it? Who's the Reverend John E. Wise? Who is he? I'm going to be honest. I'm not really sure. Loyola University of Maryland is this excellent school in Maryland that has a a Catholic affiliation. And I'm guessing it was a really wonderful, he was a wonderful reverend. I'm not Mm. really sure. I don't know him personally, so I can't say for sure, but I worked really hard in graduate school and I ended up with a pretty decent GPA. And then I think, you know, my time as president of my honor society, and I was a graduate assistant for director of the program. So I just was pretty immersed in my counseling program. So I'm going to guess that's why I received this award. It sounds like you really deserved it. Well, thanks. I did. I worked very hard. It's funny. I When I recently resigned from my position with the school system, I, I worked with a lot of school counselors that I went to Loyola with, and I had a number of emails from them with really fond memories. And they would say, you were always the overachiever in grad mm-hmm. school. I always knew you'd be a specialist and congrats on your next Aww. move. So very nice to you know have that little network there of, of school counselors from grad school. Oh, that's great. I don't think I talked to anybody from my school psych program. Apparently, I didn't leave a mark. Guess not. <laughs> I, I have time to turn. I'm going to turn it around. You, yeah, you will. It's going to be my vow to all of you. I'm going to get an award. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Maybe you'll get an award for like podcast of the year or something. Oh, hey. What about I also- feel like if we got an award for podcast, it would be for you and they would let me drive you there. <laughs> <laughs> I can drive. <laughs> you don't need to invite my mom. I totally can drive. <laughs> 
it's like Dr. Tara Ian and Anna. Sorry, Anna. Anna. <laughs> the four letters. You have like this doctor, Dr. Tara Ian. Like, Anna. That rhymes with banana. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, let's, why don't you tell our listeners, like what led you to be in the mental health field? Sure. It's funny because I was thinking about this, you know, usually when you start a new job, people always ask you, how did you end up in this field? And so I first started in school counseling, I think, because I came from a line of educators. My grandparents, you know, my grandmother was a teacher. My mom was a teacher, my grandmother, my great grandmother. So I always had the education part in my lineage, I guess. But then life experience, I think, brought me to the mental health side of things. We have a number of of different diagnoses slaughtered, thrown throughout the family. And so I just grew up in a family with a lot of different needs. And so I think just growing up with siblings, with different needs, special needs, mental health needs, just different differences, right? You just start to have a lot of empathy for different people and, and realize that, you know, kind of this quote unquote normal way of, of living is, is not necessarily normal and that people have different experiences and needs. And so I just grew up always kind of being the kid in my family who was in tune to what people needed. And that always translated into just babysitting from a young age. I remember starting in sixth grade, Mm -hmm. I started babysitting. I just loved kids and really working with them and substitute teaching and then realizing I wanted to work in mental health. And I remember being in college and psychology and saying, I want to work for the department of social services. And my Mm -hmm. advisor saying, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, but I really want to help people. Now he's like, there are other ways you can help people. You can help them doing that, but you could also help in other ways. And so when I started doing counseling and doing an internship in school counseling, that's when I realized I was like, oh, this is where I get to see kids and they show up at school and I get to help them, you know, and be able to access school in a different way. So I remember at first I wanted a school psychology internship, actually. I'm a former school psychologist. Uh And I was like, then I decided I don't want to test kids all day, right? I want to work with them and give them skills and strategies and and be the person that really helps them to access education because there's so much that can get in the way of that, whether it's just temporary or whether it's something lifelong that, that kids have to cope with. So yeah. that's how I landed here. I definitely relate to the education piece. I mean, schools, I student, I got a teaching degree and I student taught. And I don't know, I feel like when I walk in a school building, I feel really comfortable. And surprisingly, now that I've been doing so much work with families who are experiencing divorce and separation, I also have a certain comfort level in courtrooms, which surprises me, whereas like hospitals are less comfortable places for me. Do you ever, so now that you're not in the school district, as of like today or whatever was your, what's it going to be like to have the first day of school and not be part of it? Because I've now, I'm on year 12 of that. And every year I have a pang of like, oh, the energy, the butterflies in your stomach, the you welcoming FOMO. every, yeah, I do. And then, you know, by October I'm over it, but like that initial excitement of a new school year and arranging your office the way you like it and like, can't get your, your file cabinet open and this computer doesn't work and like, no, whatever. But I'm just <laughs> like, how are you going to do with that? Yeah, that's funny. When I started working at Central Office and I was no longer in a school building, I remember calling my mom, who was the teacher for so long. It was her first year being retired. And I remember calling her and saying, this is the most anticlimactic first day of school I've ever had because I pulled into the Board of Education and there were no kids around. Oh, um, so weird. That yeah. was my first step towards this, but this is definitely different. The other day I scrolled through you know, social media and saw all the first day photos of all the kids and 
all of my teacher friends, you know, I have so many friends who are educators now and their first day photos of themselves going back to school. And, and it was, you know, I think I, I said to a friend, I'll always be an educator at heart because I'll always have that understanding of what it's like and that excitement, right. And that energy of also having, there's nothing like a fresh start every September, right. Or every August. I know we do that when we start a new year in January, a lot of us, but it's so great to be able to do that, you know, start a whole new career, a new year every year. But that part will be, I think, hard to miss a little bit. But I also think I'll just live vicariously through other people and know that I also have a little bit more flexibility in my schedule that I might not have had I worked for the school system. So I'll appreciate other parts. Well, and the work that, you know, I've been doing in private practice is often not for every case, but certain cases are is very intermingled with what's happening in the school anyway. Because if, if a child is struggling then sometimes it it's impacting their school day. And so you're, you know, you're doing the communication with the administration, with the teacher, you know, with whatever, you know, coordinating services they have there with the school counselor, the school psychologist or the IEP team or the 504 team. And so it's pretty rare that I'm not in a given week having some touch points with some local school. And I know not every therapist does it that way. You know, because just not everybody has that comfort level or understands what resources can be offered and has the relationship with the with the professionals in the schools. Mm-hmm. But I do. And, you know, you're going to have that same link and it's going to be a very comfortable place for us. And so I think there's a lot of it that still is so pertinent. And I think understanding what that that day is like for not just for the kids and the families, but also for the teachers, right, to know what what strategies to help them with. Because I think a lot of times parents don't know what to ask teachers to do to help their kid. Right. So us having that background and understanding what a teacher is kind of juggling all day is helpful to help, I guess, everybody navigate that situation. Yeah, I think that's one of the concerns I've heard from school districts when someone like me gets involved is they get a little hesitant that an outside person is going to come in and offer these suggestions that do not make sense with the resources that are available in the school or the training of the teacher or, you know, whatever, whatever that environment is. And so there can be sometimes some initial hesitation. And so I I feel particularly proud of my reputation in the Charlotte area schools at they know that's not why I'm there. No one's trying to make your job harder. Like, in fact, the goal is to have this child be performing at their very best so that the teacher's job is easier. So the child has a more relaxed day. So all the support people can breathe a sigh of relief knowing that this child is going to probably be more successful. And that's the win I want them to feel. And I don't want teachers to curl up with like, oh my gosh, they're going to ask me to helicopter in a personal assistant every day and right. you know re- redo the math curriculum. You know, like, right, right. Yeah, personal, right, right. And I think too, I've heard so many times from school counselors trying to consult with outside therapists of, you know, they're so busy and I don't always hear back from them or they don't know, you know, exactly how to navigate this. And so I think you're exactly right. It's just knowing how important it is to connect with an outside provider, I think is really I guess a leg up for me just to have that experience from the school end too. Yeah. We've got a lot of great schools here in Charlotte and I look forward to introducing you to some of my favorite folks at them for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I wanted to have our audience understand a little bit more about what school counselors do, like what that resource looks like in schools and how can they as parents take advantage of the expertise that a school counselor has. So that's kind of a big topic, but just could you describe for us, like when you think of like the job description or the role that school counselors play in most schools, what does it, what does it look like? What can parents expect? 
This is a soapbox I could talk on for hours, so I'll try to give you my elevator speech. School counselors are such an untapped resource on a lot of cases. They are, I, I call them the social emotional expert in your building oftentimes. A lot of schools, you know, depending on the level, some elementary schools, you'll have a school psychologist or a school social worker, but they're probably not there every day. And if they are, a lot of times they're in testing and, and working on a lot of compliance type work. So really your school counselor is there for all students. We always say school counselors work with every kid in the building, right? Whether they're pre-K through, you know, fifth or pre-K to eight, all the way through 12th grade, we're certified all the way through. So there are three main activities that I would hope most school counselors are engaging in, and that's classroom lessons to teach all students skills that they need. And we operate in three domains, according to the American School Counseling Association, and that's academic, college, and career, and then the social-emotional piece. So we're really teaching kids how to goal set, how to use executive functioning skills, but also how to problem solve, and how to have empathy for others, and how to work with our diverse community. And so teaching kids skills in all different arenas and then also moving into group counseling. So doing small group work around a common topic. So whether that's social skills or grief or self-regulation and then individual students too. So those are three ways during the school day we're working with kids, but outside of our work directly with students, we're also constantly consulting and collaborating with, like we were just talking about community agencies, community providers, and families. I always would say to families, please call when there's anything going on you're concerned about that's going to affect your child at school. Give us a call. Talk to us about it. We'll help you find resources. We'll tell, you know, bridge that gap between the classroom and and the front office to really be able to set kids up for success during the school day. So I think of our main goal is to remove barriers for kids to learn. But really going through, you know, all those different services are ways we can support kids and families. Mm. What about you, Anna? Do you have any school counselors that you that stick out in your mind as being particularly influential? Well, it definitely looked different when like throughout elementary, middle and high school. Like I remember in elementary school, they did a lot of like talking in each class. Like I think we met each month when we talked about like bullying or like a certain topic. And there was like always presentations. They were all interactive and like made it very interesting for us to learn, very colorful. And and then going into middle school, I think it was a lot more about preparing us for high school. It was a lot of like, you know, well, in high school, this is what it's going to be like and stuff like that. And they were still very helpful. And then in high school, a lot of just like bringing, figuring out everything you need to have done to graduate and just a lot of like a lot more about classes and about what you would need to do to get all the requirements met so that you're ready to graduate and what you want, you know, after high school, what do you want your life to look like? If you want to go to college, if you want to do something else, like they're there to help you with that stuff. And so I think it's very different for each grade level. And I think too, like for you being such an academic kid, that's how you've used that resource. And Mm -hmm. I think I think Lacey and I can speak to, for example, the middle school students who rely on the school counselor for much more social and emotional support. So there's like, you know, conflict with friends or something happened at home that was really upsetting. Maybe they even experienced or witnessed abuse. You know, we have concerns about substance use or... I remember like people either getting called to the guidance counselor or like them being like, I really just want to go talk to the guidance counselor or something like there'd be things or... They call them guidance counselors or school counselors? Guidance counselors. That was in middle school. How do you feel about that, Lacey? It's funny. We always say guidance is a bad word. 
Really? It's so funny, Anna. Yeah, because, but most people still call us that, right? And it's funny. So there were a bunch of, there's a whole bunch of research out there, but in the 21st century, we became school counselors because, Anna, exactly what you're talking about, so much focus on the academic and the college and career fields. And then we saw so much need from what your mom is talking about. And so we really tried to focus more on the social emotional piece of it too. And so we went from these guidance counselors who were really helping with college and career only to trying to now help kids understand their emotions and how do you communicate your emotions and how can you be assertive to ask for what you need? And so our role has changed a great deal over the years, but you're absolutely right. A lot of people still use the G word. Ooh, <laughs> I feel like when I first became a school psychologist back in the 1900s, I feel like guidance counselor was used and then it very quickly evolved, which I was a big fan of because I felt like it was underrepresenting, you know, like what the breadth of your role responsibilities were. Because in my experience as a school psychologist, we work, I always worked very closely with the school counselors, especially in middle and high school. In elementary school, sometimes it didn't look the same because testing is, as a school psychologist, you do more testing with the younger kids and more counseling with the older kids. So you end up, because you're doing so much assessment, the school counselor's doing the the counseling with the, with the little ones, at least in my experience, I know it can be different. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to point out that terminology because... No, that is very informative. I'm glad I know that now. Yeah, yeah, no, but Anna, I'm glad you said it because I wouldn't have brought it up if you hadn't. And it's such a great talking point because I think everybody refers back, like even TV shows, right? I think there was an ABC show. Is it Abbott Elementary? And the oh, one yeah. like said something about being a guidance counselor. And I, it's funny because all of us in the school counseling profession would cringe, you know? And so I said, it's like the all- Grace Anatomy of the nurses. Yeah. <laughs> funny. Oh man. Well, tell us a little bit about like if a child, because I mean there's going to be parents who are listening to this episode like in the car with their kid. Mm-hmm. So if you're a kid, you're a student, and you're having difficulty with something, it could be academic, it could be you're mm-hmm. failing math, or you don't get you, you feel like you're not getting along with a teacher, or maybe it's a friendship, like you're feeling rejected or maybe bullied online. Maybe you've had worrisome thoughts, scary thoughts about wanting to hurt yourself. Maybe you've engaged in cutting behavior. Maybe there's something really tumultuous happening at home. You know, you have a sibling who's ill or your parents are getting divorced or, I mean, I'm just kind of thinking, going through my mind, the things that kids might deal with on any given day, you know, pressure for sex or drinking or vaping. How do kids get in front of a, a school counselor? Do they go down and just like knock, knock? Do they, how do you, how do people do that? Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. I think school counselors, you know, hopefully are telling the kids how to get to them and there should be a procedure in every building, right? A process to access your counselor. But I used to always tell my students, just wave at me in the hallway. You know, if I'm, there's always a counselor who's either in the cafeteria, standing on duty in the hallway. And I know some kids don't want to access their counselor that way, right? Because it's private or they don't want their friends to see. So if you're comfortable and and it's something, you know, you don't mind, you're always welcome to flag somebody down and let them know that way. If not, there are plenty of ways you can do it. I would have parents send me emails if they, you know, if you're comfortable telling a parent and they can send an email and then I would call a kid out of class, like Anna mentioned before, kids would go down and see the counselor. There are other times where we would have slips. So in between classes, kids could stop by let the counseling secretary know or fill out a slip with their name on it. 
and put it in our mailbox. So we knew that they wanted to get called down and then we'd make an appointment for them or call them down as soon as we possibly could. So lots of different ways you can, you know, just contact them anyway, get, get comfy or, or creative at times, right? There were kids who'd write me a post-it note. They'd see me in the hallway and just hand it to me. So it was private and, and their kids wouldn't be able to see them do so. So lots of different ways, just depends on your particular school, to be honest. And you can always just ask the teacher to go down and see the school counselor. I used to tell kids, honestly, tell them you want to go down and talk about your schedule or tell them you need to ask about something for after school, you know, because sometimes kids want to go in to tell their teacher, but sometimes it's about their teacher or a kid in the class, you know, and they don't want them to know that. And so I remember having a student once and her parent worked in the school building. And so she's like, how do I get to you without my parent knowing I'm coming to see you? Right. And so you're like, well, it's confidential, but it's not a secret. So let's arrange a way for you to get down here, but we don't have to tell dad necessarily what we're talking about in detail. So that is the nice thing about, you know, being a school counselor, you do still have that confidentiality where you have that privacy, but obviously, you know, if if there's anything parents need to know, we'll be informing them and and school staff as well. Yeah. Anything with safety issues and all of that, we're ethically obligated to make sure we're focusing on kids' safety. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, do you have a system in your school to access the school counselor? Don't you just email her? Yeah. I mean, they're very active on email and also like our teachers, if we were just like, can we go see the school counselor? They're like, yep. So yep. like, you don't really need to make like some big excuse, especially if you're a kid who like isn't trying to skip out of class and like, like, you know, like teachers normally trust me. If I'm like, do you mind if I go talk to a counselor? They're like, yeah, go ahead. Or like yeah. things like that. Like, especially because they also, I think if we don't return or something, then they'll be like, Anna left the classroom 10 minutes ago and I'm not really sure where Does she, she smell like, like smoke again. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. She tipsy. No. <laughs> but like, I think we do a pretty good job and we have like, cause there, our school is very big and there's, ours is split up with last name. Like the letter of our last name is for each counselor. And so. You have a new one this year. I do. I like that one bit. Mm-hmm. But. It's my senior year, so I only have one more year left, so it's not too bad. But I have my IGP coming up. I know. You have next week. We have, I hope, we, I hope Dad What knows. day is it? Friday. The 9th. Mm. And the next day I'm taking the ACT. <laughs> Big week. Yeah. yeah. No, and I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. High school kids could just simply email their counselor, right? That yeah. makes it really easy. It's the little kids that it's a little bit different. So Right. Just, a note, right? Ask a teacher. Mm-hmm. Tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just my experience. Obviously, I have a skewed view being already in the mental health field, but I do feel like the parents I work with are pretty comfortable reaching out to the school counselor. They often, you know, if I ask who the school counselor is, they know their name. They've had touch points with them. And I have actually, I don't think ever had a a parent express like there, it being a stressful process to get into mm-hmm. contact with the school counselor. and and then. For me being an outside clinician, there is a really strong relationship between what they do and what I do as far as, you know, we're really focused on having kids have, you know, strategies and tools and practical solutions and be like functional in their day as far as accessing academics and feeling comfortable with friends, feeling comfortable with their bodies, you know, and safety and all of that. And I think sometimes in private practice, like we get to take it farther because we have this individual relationship. We get to know maybe siblings, you know, who maybe are at a different school than the the other sibling. Mm -hmm. And we see mom and dad or depending on how we do sessions. And so we can do a lot, I think a lot more in-depth work, Mm -hmm. but we can really collaborate 
to make sure that the skills, what we're working on in like the private practice counseling setting can generalize into school. Yes, 100%. I was going to say in, in counseling in schools, it's brief, right? It's usually six to eight sessions, you know, it's short periods of time because your kids are really there to learn. But you're exactly right. When you work in tandem with somebody outside of school, therapist in the in the community, then we're taking that, that step further and then can communicate that back to the school so they can reinforce those strategies during the school day. Yeah. I want to know how you like why you decided to now join a practice and how you like are making that transition and what led you to making that transition. I love yeah, that. Yeah, Lacey, why don't you talk about that? <laughs> what a good question, Anna. Will do. I didn't even tell her to ask that. I just want to say that I did not tell her to ask that. I'm so impressed, actually. <laughs> Great question. Let me see if I can make that. I'll a- take my award <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll share my medal with you. And let me see if I can make this real concise. So I think exactly what we're just talking about, to be honest, I always wanted to do more. I knew my role as a school counselor. I knew that I had oftentimes 350 kids on my caseload. When I was in elementary school, counselor, I had 650 kids on my caseload as one person. And I would always do the best I could with what I had, right? The time I had with kids, the the resources I had, but I always just felt like I could and wanted to do more. I wanted to see that that larger, more long-term change. And so I really loved working in schools because I think it allowed me to learn the skill set of navigating the day and really knowing what's needed and what is expected of students and, and families. And I, I got to a point when I think I started, when I wasn't working with kids anymore, that I said, oh, now I have some energy. As much as my job was still stressful, I wasn't counseling kids all day, right? So I still had time in the evening and energy to then start seeing kids. And when I started doing that, it just made me love the connection that I felt with families and kids. And, you know, just being able to get a phone call from a family, you know, a week, we don't have an appointment just to say, Hey, this really worked, but this didn't, can we talk about it? Or, you know, can I just schedule a few minutes with you to discuss something that's new that's going on in my family? I just think I really loved that, that side of things and being able, like, like your mom just said, just go through the dynamic with the whole family and really see, see it all the way through. And so we have that, you know, stronger relationship. And I don't want to say stronger, but a different kind of relationship. So, yeah. And then I just felt like it was time. You know, I was ready for a change and ready to go back and, and help people in a, in a different way. Well, I know you were in demand when you were interviewing. And I was very pleased that you accepted the job offer to come over to Egan Counseling. And so now here we are. Well, I think like definitely watching you grow from... I mean, I was little when you started your practice and everything, but I always feel like you're constantly trying to grow. So I can totally understand the need to want more and the motivation to try to grow and try something new. Yeah. And I think too, you're like your mom said, I mean, I would had some interviews and things, but I was so excited to work with your mom because we, I think we think a lot alike, you know, and, and not that you need to think a lot like people you work with because you want to have diversity of thought too, but just in terms of our approach and knowing schools and, and really being able to have that same goal of helping families and, and helping kids be more successful day in and day out. So I'm excited to be a part of such a great project. So thanks for having me on your podcast tonight. Oh, we're excited to have you. I yes. mean, and I, I want to take a minute to kind of brag on our upcoming plans for the office. So the it, couches are in our uh, office. That's serious. true. <laughs> so we're moving from a space that is beautiful, but it is just my office. There isn't even really a waiting room. There is a really cute kitchen area with the, the kids that I work with call it the cafe because there's like snacks and coffee and juice and water and 
there's many snacks. And so, but we didn't have a waiting room. We didn't have a group therapy room and we needed more room for, for new clinicians. And so I was lucky enough where my current landlord, you know, who owns the space I'm in now was buying new space. And when he and his, it's a gentleman and his wife, they both, they co-own it. And so they were kind of hearing that I was going to need to move out of the space and get something bigger. They're like, oh my goodness, like we have space you could have, like we will definitely get the space if you're planning on renting it. So now they're, they've acquired the space. And then you and I, Lacey, are in the process of planning out the space to be like awesome with a great waiting room. And we're going to have a group therapy room and we're going to have toys and snacks and lovely, comfortable seating and Mm -hmm. just have it be a really warm, welcoming space for families. And it's a six office suite. So it's going to be you. It's going to be me. It's going to be our other new employee who we're going to introduce on a later podcast episode. And then we're going to have other complimentary service providers. Mm -hmm. So that there's even more resources right at our fingertips. And Already, I'm loving the fact that if a parent calls and they have more than one child and they're like, hey, both of my kids would really benefit from having an individual therapist. And I'm like, man, we have a team right here that can accommodate that versus me working with the family altogether or working with one of the kids and having to find another outside, you know, therapist outside my practice. Now the parent has to be scheduling two different locations with two different therapists and two different like modalities and how they communicate paperwork and all of those things. And we're going to be able to, to, we're just expanding in a way that is, I think, going to really benefit families. And then when I was looking for people and I don't think you were my first applicant. Ooh, burn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if you, if you weren't, you were the first serious one, like where I was like, oh, this resume matches because some people like will send you their resume and they're like not at all a therapist right like does not have the credentials and then other people have the licensure but they don't they like i've worked with senior citizens for the last five years and you know just doesn't translate and so then you really made it real to have a person who like you know i could take like take a snapshot of who would be my on my wish list and then there you were. Ta-da! It's me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I always say, I feel like it was almost meant to be because Tara, I don't know, our backgrounds are really similar in terms of like, you know, we both were in New York for a period of time, then we were That's married right. for a period of time, and we're here. You both so. got awards. Just kidding. I didn't yeah. get an award. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yet. Yet. Did not get yes. one yet. Yes. Right. Growth <laughs> mindset. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. I forget about all of the, cause you know, our office manager, Julie is from New York, mm-hmm. like Rochester, New York, where I grew up. Wait, where did you grow up? Around Newburgh, Poughkeepsie area. It's a oh, tiny I know right where town with one stoplight called Walk Hill. Teeny, you tiny. didn't know Valerie Hippert, did you? No. Okay. Cause she was the other person I knew from that town and oh. she was one of my roommates in college. But you probably wouldn't know her because I'm a little bit older than you and she's my age. So you missed each other. But yes, she lived in that same town. So we grew up in New York and then I lived in Maryland Mm -hmm. and I interviewed and got accepted as a school psychology intern in Anne Arundel. But I ended up taking it in Baltimore City because the commute was too far. And then now here we are in Charlotte together. Yes. 
Ta-da. 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 And here's Anna. Yeah. Ta-da. Yep. Maybe I'm your reward. You're always been my reward. Aw, thanks. That you can't hang me It's out not reward. It's award. Award. Whatever. I a was reward being cute. Like... Award. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so we're mindful of the time that Anna has a social life. But I want to make sure before we close out today that you tell us a little bit, Lacey, about the clients that you feel like are like kind of the, those perfect fit clients. Great. I'm thinking kids who struggle with anxiety or kids, if you find your kid is worrying a lot, asking lots of what if questions, having lots of overthinking or perfectionistic type behaviors. Those are definitely kids that I have experienced working with and and really enjoy helping those kids come up with strategies and make progress. Kids who might be struggling with some executive functioning concerns, whether they have a diagnosis of ADHD or not, I'm happy to help with organization skills, organization of materials or thoughts and kind of routines throughout the day. Let's see what else. What about the emotional regulation piece? Yeah. So I was just going to say emotional regulation or self-regulation is huge too, right? Especially, I know everybody talks about it after the pandemic. There's even greater of a need now we hear all the time, but kids who are really just struggling to be able to communicate needs, communicate emotions, right? Your kids who might be having outbursts or or tantrums and not able to kind of self-soothe or or cope through those situations on their own or with or with parents' help. Those would be some typical clients that I would be happy to work with. Kids who are struggling just at home or at school too. I'm happy to work with school communities around supporting students' academic needs, you know, at times based on social emotional needs, right? So thinking about more of of the kids who need help regulating so they can stay in class so that they can access their their education that way. And also any kids, you know, some of the, I say transitions, right? So whether we're struggling to move from elementary to middle school or from middle school to high school, and we're just struggling with that transition or after a, a tough breakup, or we're having difficulty managing healthy relationships with our friends or significant others, those are all kids that I'd be happy to work with. Yeah, those are right up our alley for sure. I mean, I think just today, two, three calls related to being back at school, having issues with friendships, mm-hmm. executive functioning, like how do we create routines now that kids have homework and they're balancing yeah. their extracurricular activities, a lot of stress, you know, kids who are struggling to sleep or having kind of like the emotional meltdown moments yes. and yes. parents are feeling very helpless. Like how, how do I calm them down? How do I know if I'm inadvertently reinforcing them, you know, yep. having these emotional symptoms or you know, or am I being emotionally responsive the right way? And so there's a lot of like parent support too, that is really important during all of these topics, really. Absolutely. It's huge, right? Because we can teach kids strategies all we want, but if they don't have anybody to help them reinforce or to encourage them to use them outside of our sessions, then then we kind of fall short there. So always want to make sure our parents are involved and know kind of what language to use or, or what to encourage outside of sessions. Yeah. Yay. Well, I'm excited that you're officially here with us and joining the team. And you too. I know. I know. I mean, aside from our amazing new office, you know, we're still offering for when appropriate, you know, visits in the home or visits to a daycare or a school. We also offer professional development mm-hmm. for schools or parenting groups and things like that. That's something I think you and I both love. Yes. Is spreading information to Mm -hmm. groups of folks who have inquiring minds. So 
I think for me, sometimes in the fall, and I think you have some plans, right? This upcoming fall to offer some professional development to parents, you know, through hosted by schools in the area and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I think that's so important for parents to learn, you know, and so schools are great about hosting evening events at times. So I'll be getting those details out shortly to to let people know where I'll be and, and what topics I'll be able to to help inform the community on. Well, I'm so glad you got to be on our podcast. And so you're going to be on our special bonus episode. All right. And then when we get our new office squared away, we're going to put some pictures and everything on the website so that people can go to the website and see what we're going on about. But we that would require for us to get, how many couches do we have right now? Two. No, we have three. Oh yeah. There's the one in the box. Outside. Yeah. There's yeah. still, that's Lacey's. Oh. Hey, hey thanks for storing my couch. <laughs> yeah. We haven't even opened the box yet. Yeah, we haven't. We all opened the box for the other two. Yeah. So we have two couches in our office downstairs. Mm-hmm. We have Lacey's is just in the box in the dining room. Right. And then we have one couch at the office that I'm current, you know, the old office that I'm currently using. So we have four couches, <laughs> but I think we need a lot of naps can happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, what the couch, my couch is that is currently at the office is there is enough space between the floor and the bottom part of the couch where I would say most kids who are under the age of eight can fit under there. So if they're like stressed out or they get mad, they will go under that couch and then judge me for what hairballs are under there. Or I say that there's a cracker or a puzzle piece or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're filled with judgment over that. And I was like, it could be judging them for hiding under a couch. Well, sometimes we need to hide under a couch. Yeah, that's fair. You just do it. In I went bed. one time I went under my bed. And like my whole bed frame is falling apart. And I was like, oh, wait, is that recently? Yes. Why did you go into your bed? No, I dropped something. Oh, it wasn't like you were like, I need to. No, I also feel like my cat went down there. And I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, I dropped my cat. Then she starts sending us pictures of how the bed is going to break. Yeah, one night I'm just going to like jump on it. It's gonna be like, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm sleeping like a pink. I guess it's time for me to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> guess for me to use those four couches. <laughs> there you go. Well, all right. Well, anything else you want to make sure to mention that I didn't think to ask you today, Lacey? No, but I'm glad you mentioned specific topics because I feel like I talk from my last job like this overarching umbrella of yeah. what counselors do. And I need to be very specific about the certain topics. So now I think you kind of paraphrased it when you were talking about how people can access their counselor. Well, I do want people to know how they can access you because they can go to the website, which is www.egancounseling.com. And then they'll see both your name and my name and they can click on your name, click on schedule, and they can go to your schedule and make an appointment for an intake or an intake session could be telehealth Mm -hmm. or it can be in person. And so even though we're not quite into our new office space, we do have office hours and you, people can see you in person. We've we've yeah. got that squared away, even though we're not in our spinal space. So if you think that Lacey could be a good fit for your family or your kids, like, come on, join us mm-hmm. over at our awesome new group practice. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Good to hear from you. Yes, absolutely. Well... Thank you, Anna, for mm-hmm. joining us. And this is our bonus episode for season five. Season six starting soon. It's starting in like 
two weeks, maybe three weeks, like towards the end of September, we have new episodes that come out on Wednesdays. And you can find us also on social media on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Anything else, girl? Stay tuned. All right. Woohoo. All right. Love you, sweetie. Love you, mom. Thank you.